Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female puts herself first, sticks to her priorities, but nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. This episode of the Alpha Female Podcast is sponsored by my Work-Life Harmony Worksheet. I finally made it and I'm so excited to share it with you. I took the Building Blocks of Health Guide and improved it, added more to it. So you're getting a PDF that has each of the sections of our Building Blocks of Health. It asks you questions to spark ideas of maybe where you want to optimize your life. And then it gives you time management and planning tips on how to actually get that scheduled in your month and in your week. So head on over to bit.ly forward slash work life harmony worksheet. That's bit.ly forward slash work life harmony worksheet to get your copy today. If you're listening to this show, you've been drawn to being inspired on how to create work-life harmony in your life. And by now, you're probably aware that I'm a doTERRA essential oil wellness advocate, but I'm stepping into this role in a much louder way this year. I'm obsessed with essential oils as simple self-care tools in our toolkit. doTERRA is the only company who sources essential oils by finding the best place in the world that the original plant grows through something called co-impact sourcing. They have incomparable transparent testing practices to create therapeutic grade essential oils, and they have a heart of gold through their charitable division, Healing Hands. If you haven't had a chance to sample doTERRA essential oils yet, I'd love to send you a few samples. So email me at robinbaldwin at gmail.com and put in the subject, I want oils, so we can start to chat around what your body is currently craving in the self-care department. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 160. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Emily Castle. Emily is a leadership and business coach for ambitious and high achieving women entrepreneurs across the globe. Through private and group coaching, a high level mastermind and gorgeous retreats, Emily helps women leaders to shift out of hustle mode and into a state of freedom, flow and fulfillment so that they can launch scale and grow the soul led businesses that make a powerful impact and profitable income. Emily is also the host of the podcast, Sexy Soulful Success, where she facilitates visionary conversations with women entrepreneurs and leaders that redefine success in womanhood for modern day change-making women. You can learn more about her at emilycastle, uh, C-A-S-S-E-L.com. So I brought Emily on the show because um, I believe her assistant reached out to me, sent me over her bio and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I love that she talks about business coaching, but in a feminine way. So using your feminine energy to build your business, which I thought would be perfect for um, even the corporate women that listen, but also the entrepreneurs that I know tune into this show. So uh, we we dig into, again, what 
masculine and feminine energy means to her and then how she spends time in her feminine energy. So I think you're really going to love this show and I can't wait for you to hear it. So let's get into it. All right. Welcome, Emily, to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I um, think it was divine timing that your assistant sent over everything. And I was just like, yes, of course you can be on the show. I want to talk about all of the masculine and feminine energy. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I love that that's the series that you're in at the moment. So yeah. great. So My favorite topics. <laughs> I'm, um, because you're new to my listeners and we didn't do like a standard podcast episode like I was doing before, I'm going to try to let the guests kind of get to know you a little bit based on how I usually interview my guests. So um, uh, I sent over the definition of what we believe an alpha female is. Uh, how do you see yourself as one and what do you think of the definition? I love this definition. When I read it, I thought of the goddess Artemis. I don't know if you're familiar with goddess archetypes or um, Greek mythology, but also that's my dog in the yeah, background. That's okay. Havoc, Havoc has been a barking. <laughs> <laughs> so I first thought of Artemis and the archetype and the, the goddess and the story of Artemis, um, being sort of this woman who is one in her own and sovereign and belongs to herself and is very ambitious and focused and, um, really mission driven. And I so relate and identify with that. I also love that you said in the definition that, um, her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver, because I, I think I'm a little bit different than a lot of the people who are, who are in the coaching industry at the moment in that I actually, uh, have a really strong academic background and I always have been super, uh, intellectual, mm -hmm. I guess you could say. Um, and I came to this work from actually studying positive psychology undergrad and finding that coaching is actually the applied application for that. And so instead of doing my uh, master's in counseling, which wouldn't really enable me to do the work that I felt called to do, like was important work to do, um, I changed course. And so I can totally see that. And then also the harmony part of your definition of an alpha female, something that I always am thinking about and working to embody in my life and in my business and something that I help my clients to create as well. And harmony has been a big theme for me lately. Uh, it's kept, it just keeps popping up in my life. So I totally resonate with this definition and I just love this concept because I think there's, there can be some weird shame around being an ambitious woman at times because we don't necessarily fit the norm for what is always expected or maybe we have different desires or different ambitions or different ways of being or working in the world that people sometimes are like what and especially previous generations of women may find challenging mm -hmm. to the ways in which they've been conditioned and the ways in which they've been raised or thought to define what a woman is meant to be. So mm, I love yeah. that you brought up goddess. So the guest right before you mm -hmm. um, uh, was talking about how being in your feminine energy is um, feeling like a goddess. And so I love, <laughs> I love that you brought up Artemis. That's, um, that's super <laughs> cool. We've actually never talked about her at all in three 
three years of the podcast. So of okay. course she shows up in year four. Um, <laughs> and I appreciate that you resonate with intelligent and intellectual because I think my podcast listeners are going to get, and my, um, IG family is going to get really sick of me talking. Like I'm a massive fan of Jess Lively and how she mm-hmm. teaches people to separate the mind from the inner voice. Mm-hmm. And the mind has a role. It has a role in problem solving. And, um, so does masculine energy. It has a role in doing and, uh, getting things done. But when we're in our feminine energy and have aligned action, um, then we have more harmony between our energies and between the mind and the inner voice. So, um, I, I have, I guess, um, intuitively both sides of the equation and both sides of energy and both sides of, um, how we are built have been like just written into the definition without me actually like efforting it. (laughs) So amazing. Yeah. I noticed that. It's awesome. So what does your work-life harmony look like right now? Mm. Well, at this moment, I'm actually just kind of settling back into home. Home is Philadelphia for me at the moment. Um, since October. So this is kind of new. And I am coming back from three weeks in Costa Rica and was leading a retreat for my mastermind clients in Costa Rica for a week and was on vacation for about two before that with my boyfriend. And so right now my work-life balance looks like uh, slowing down and recalibrating and letting, being really gentle with myself (laughs) in the process of coming back into like normal U.S. society and uh, not being in a remote jungle on the coast of Costa Rica. So that's <laughs> that's one part of it. Uh, but generally speaking, I think my work-life harmony is such a dance all the time. It, it's constantly changing and that's intentional for me. I really do my best to follow my own cycle and rhythm of my menstrual cycle when I'm planning in my business and when I'm doing things in my life. So that looks different throughout each month and each week of each month. So it's constantly a process for me of checking in and then being willing to look at, okay, what do I really need right now? What actually feels good? What feels in alignment? And then can I give myself that without judging myself or making it wrong or bad or um, not what it's supposed to be, but just letting myself be where I am. And I think that's really the way that I create harmony. Um, Mm. and so that can look many different ways. It's hard to put it into like a tangible, (laughs) like here's what I do every day, because (laughs) honestly, I don't believe that for us as women that it's necessary. I think we, we look at this idea of consistency and it's actually sort of a mask for perfectionism because we think we have to do everything the same way every single day. And that actually works against us mm. because we're cyclical beings. <laughs> yeah. So um, true. Okay. So, so let's yeah. get into this. So okay. instead of so many times I've had guests come on and we've obviously dived into like morning and evening routines so that mm-hmm. we can give tangible tactics to others. Yeah. Um, but my first guest in this um, feminine series is um, very much in tuned with menstrual cycle, uh, I guess, awareness or that conversation. Um, so we chatted a little bit about how to structure our lives throughout the month so that we are honoring the moon's energy. 
Um, so I think it would be really neat. I'll give you a bit of background. We chatted about how, um, so I know exactly when I'm going to bleed and when I ovulate, I'm very consistent. And um, it maybe six months ago shifted from uh, full moon bleeding to new moon bleeding. Um, mm-hmm. So, and that has been consistent. So I've scheduled my entire year where I don't do anything on new moon so I can rest and relax. And I have tried to schedule events or launches or whatnot around full moons when I have my most energy. So is that um, something that you're doing in your business based on your cycle? Yes. And I also, I don't know exactly what you talked about, but I have put together a sort of like guide and a map for myself and my clients, uh, that syncs up and sort of overlays the moon phases with the menstrual cycle with the seasons, because really they're all, they all follow this for this like quarterly system, (laughs) you know, um, of spring, summer, fall, winter of follicular phase, ovulation, luteal phase and menstruation and the moon cycles as well. Mm-hmm. And so I really like to look at all of those factors as I'm planning because it really, they all have such, they all carry such weight and such opportunity mm. uh, to look at things differently or to plan differently. So yes, yes. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> and. <laughs> that's cool. So, okay. So I've never layered um, your monthly cycle with mm-hmm. also the time of the year. Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit more about that. So we're coming, you know, we're recording this in the middle of April. This episode's probably going to come out mid-May. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're in spring in, mm-hmm. in most, I guess. Yeah. Most <laughs> Northern, Northern hemisphere. Yeah. Yeah. So the spring is obviously, this is an easy one because it's the time for new beginnings and new ideas and fresh perspectives and clean slates and spring cleaning and that kind of energy. Um, it's also a great time to reevaluate is what I was doing working. Do I want to release anything that's sort of preventing me from creating new space here? Um, and so So that's an example for the spring. It's sort of like new beginnings, new energy, Mm -hmm. sort of the start of the seasonal year in a way. Um, We have, so, so that correlates, the spring season actually correlates with the um, follicular phase of our menstrual cycle. So it's actually a very similar energy. And for those Um, that don't know, it's the days after you bleed. mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And so menstruation could be also known as winter. All of these things carry a very similar energy about them, but there's sort of like a macro mid-level and micro situation happening, right? So we have the macro of the season that we're in, the mid-level of the uh, moon phase, and then the micro of what's happening chemically in our bodies, hormonally in our bodies, in our menstrual cycle, and where that falls within the moon phases and the season that we're in. So I look at all of those factors. So can I say that you are, mm-hmm. so, okay. So winter is your bleed. Mm-hmm. Fli- follicular is right after your bleed and that's your spring. Ovulation mm-hmm. is otherwise known as your summer. Mm-hmm. Um, luteal, 
uh, is the phase right before you bleed, and that's known as the autumn. Yes. Yes. So I don't think we've given that kind of perspective on the show yet. Um, so I wanted to do that. Um, so then is your, you know, your spring cycle of your menstrual cycle then amplified in the actual spring. Same thing. Yeah. Your winter cycle in winter is amplified. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. Okay. Absolutely. It's just sort of like the interplay of energy, almost like, you know how astrologically, like we have this macrocosm of all the planets shifting and moving and that influences us in some way. I think a lot of the time, you know, in the world that we live in now in modern society, we're sort of disconnected from the cycles and the rhythms that are happening both internally and externally. And so if we can start reconnecting with those and start seeing how amazing our own bodies are and how incredibly we are set up and supported to be creative and to do the things that we're here to do. That's always helpful. And then to do it in a way that actually works with us and for us instead of against us as feminine cyclical beings is super, super helpful as well, especially if you um, run your own business and you have the ability to create Uh, your own time schedule and things. Um, I really highly recommend that. And it's been super life-changing for everyone I've shared it with. And I think it's a big topic that a lot of women love to talk about because we don't even realize we're not taught the magic of that as Mm -hmm. we are growing up. Right. (laughs) It's so interesting. I've now like tried to like visualize a calendar of when I see most people launching things Mm-hmm. Um, and you see so many launches in the fall because that's a phase of completing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of interesting to see, um, which is shocking. And I wonder if it's just based on how society is built now that things mm-hmm. go so quiet in the summer because the masculine world is so used to <laughs> taking that time off. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember telling someone that I wanted to schedule something in July and they're like, no, that's cottage season. And I was like, what? <laughs> and they're like, no one's around. They're taking time off and they're going up to the cottage. And I was like, yeah, but that's when everybody has the most energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, what are they using the energy for? Right. Are they using the energy to go like party and yeah, you okay. know, be out and about and awake at all hours and water sports and whatever they yeah. do on vacation, drinking wine, whatever, <laughs> or are they using it to leverage in their businesses or, you know, for their health or whatever, but that's always a personal choice. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Oh, that's cool. See. Um, okay, interesting. Um, so other than this, is there anything else that you would say you're most passionate about? Mm. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm passionate about so many things. Um <laughs> let's see. <laughs> so I'm really passionate about helping women create businesses that are sustainable for them. And this is one way, I guess, that that, that works, but um really looking at building in soulful strategies for success that actually is sustainable because burnout is such a big issue these days. Mm. Um, adrenal fatigue is such a big issue these days. Reproductive issues are such a big issue these days for women. Um, and all of these things relate back to stress a lot of the time, um, and overworking and overdoing is what I've found. And so if we can learn to do things in a way that is sustainable for us, instead of that perpetuates an unhealthy 
system and that we internalize that unhealthy system and sort of drive ourselves to the point of exhaustion and burnout, uh, we can't really, our missions are sort of falling flat. You know, we can't keep going. We can't keep serving. We can't keep uh, spreading our message and doing the work that we're here to do. So that's really the core of what I'm passionate about at this moment in time anyway, Hmm. (laughs) for the past five years. So give us maybe a snapshot for those that um, haven't met you before, maybe why you've come to this work, or if you ever had like an aha moment where you're like, this is what I'm meant to do. And something led to that. Yeah, totally. So I went to an all women's college and studied psychology with a double minor in marketing and sustainable food systems. And coming in, I was determined to like put everything back together that had been torn apart. So I was super passionate about nutrition and psychology and mindset and neuroscience and all of these things. And I was like, why are these things so separate? They all go together, you know, what the heck? Um, so I think I've always just had a bit of a holistic mindset and I was sort of determined to do that. And I thought that that had to look like uh, having a, like a physical brick and mortar business where I would be offering, you know, holistic therapy or something and body work and lots of other things and yoga and like a wellness center basically is what I thought going into school. And I thought, Oh yeah, that's a pipe dream. Maybe I'll do that. And so I knew I wanted to have my own business. And I, when I was studying psychology, I started to realize a lot of what I was learning was really about, uh, psychological illness, disease, how we treat that, how we get that to a point of neutral so that someone can basically survive. And I was more interested in, okay, what's the research that supports how, like what makes the difference between people who are surviving and just getting by and people who are really thriving and enjoying their lives and making great contributions and being really successful in every way what's the difference between those two populations of people? Because that's just the question that I was always curious about because growing up, I, I really, I grew up in a family where everyone was living paycheck to paycheck. Um, I'm the first one in my family to go to college, the first one in my family to leave the country. I'm the first one in my family to do a lot of things, which is amazing. And I'm so, so grateful for those opportunities. And um, I didn't really have models for what it could look like to be financially free or to have success in a lot of ways. And so I was really driven by that, that question of what's the difference? How do we actually become that? Because I knew it was possible, but I didn't know how. And so uh, my, my college professor ended up teaching a course in positive psychology, like an elective course. And I knew right away, as soon as I heard it, I was like, that's the thing for me. And then as soon as I started actually reading the books and doing the work, I was like, oh, this is it for me. This is what I'm meant to do in this world. How do I do that? Mm. And so I talked to him and I was like, well, how do I make this my career? And he was like, well, you probably shouldn't get your master's in counseling like you've planned. And I was like, Oh no, (laughs) that was my plan. What am I going to (laughs) do? Um, and he was like, well, you could either be a researcher, which didn't seem very thrilling. Although I do love stats and research and all that good stuff, but I wanted to be 
working with people and making a direct impact in their lives. And he was like, well, you could be a coach also. That's like the other option. That's basically the applied version of that, but there's not really, uh, there's a certification, but there's no board and, you know, here's what you'd have to do. And I was like, Oh, that's totally not what I had planned to do or how (laughs) I planned to do it. Um, so I ended up graduating a year early and like in three years instead of five. So technically two years early and ended up getting hired for a magazine publishing company in Pittsburgh where I was going to school at the time. And it was a healthy food and sustainable living and local uh, business kind of magazine and worked there, did some ad sales and event planning and felt sort of like that was part of my mission. It was, you know, sustainable living and sustainable food systems and that sort of part of my passion and nutrition and all that kind of stuff. But quickly it became not so fun. And I was like, okay, (laughs) coming back to what I actually wanted to do, I started to, I, I found a coaching certification program that resonated with me. And I started my training and, um, started building my business while I was doing that. And then left my full-time job in December of 2014. And I've been doing this full-time ever since working with women and specifically around like supporting women entrepreneurs. I found that as I was just life coaching women, all the women who were coming to me wanted to start their own businesses or already were running their own businesses and wanted to sort of create more harmony and balance in their lives. And it was really funny. I was like, Oh, interesting. (laughs) I wonder why that is. And I had always been like a champion of women and women entrepreneurs and had learned so much in college about, I interned for a bunch of women. I was like, here, let me like create your marketing plans and let me help you with what I'm learning and let me attend every event possible and go to every (laughs) leadership summit and everything that I could possibly do. Um, when I was in school and I, my mom is an entrepreneur. Um, she started her business, I think when I went to college. And so I had sort of been with her on that journey as well. And it's really like, nothing gets me going as much as that. Like I just love seeing women win and I love seeing women making money on their own terms and creating businesses that allow them to do their soul's work and that allow them to feel really free and awesome and lit up every day. So that sort of became over time what I started coaching women on. And now here I am. (laughs) So at what point were you introduced to the concept of masculine and feminine energy? I was introduced to the concept of masculine and feminine energy when I was in my coach training program, actually. So about 2014 and I found it really interesting because I'd never heard it before, even though I had gone to an all women's college, even though I had been doing yoga since I was seven, even though like Hmm. all of these, I was sort of like in, I had been reading books about entrepreneurship and women and all of this and spirituality and everything for years. And I hadn't heard this concept before. And it kind of blew my mind because I thought, wow, this is so 
like this is the antidote for so many of the things that we have trouble with and so many of the imbalances in our lives and so many extremes and things like perfectionism, which I really struggled with at the time. And, um, like overachieving to the point of burnout and, you know, overloading my plate and all of these things and just feeling really disconnected from my emotions and really shut down emotionally. Um, there was so much that I was able to learn from just understanding masculine and feminine energy and how both were at play in my life and how I could actually balance those and leverage them both to create more sustainable way of being and and Mm. working. Do you have your yoga teacher certification? No, but I always thought that I would. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. I'm like, how has that not happened in my life yet? (laughs) The reason I always growing up, I was like, Oh, I'll probably do that. Yeah. You know, but I haven't, my husband, (laughs) my husband bought for my wedding present, uh, like to send me to Bali for a yoga teacher training. So I just got back from that in February. That's Um, amazing. But the reason why, right. Cause I would, I never would have done it for myself, um, Uh to actually take that time off of my full-time job. Um, So the reason why I asked that was I find it fascinating that feminine and masculine energy show up in so many different ways in different Mm. names. So we've been talking on the podcast, it's simply about masculine and feminine energy and how it's built into the definition in even the the name alpha female. Um, And whenever I go and see different practitioners, especially if they're trained in traditional Chinese medicine, you know, we always talk about yin and yang. Um, and then when I did my yoga teacher training, it's Shiva and Shakti. I'm like, okay, this is all the same thing. (laughs) You're all saying the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. It's everywhere. And yet it's not something that we're actively talking about in normal day-to-day interactions, right? It's not something we're talking about in like the corporate setting or in business really, (laughs) yet it could solve so many problems so easily that are so complex if we Mm -hmm. just applied the same principle. Yeah. So I pulled out some language from the email that your assistant sent me and it said um, that you love to talk about powerful rituals. So do you, Mm -hmm. can you actually like say tactically, like what are your powerful rituals that you do to nurture your feminine energy? Mm, Yeah. So one powerful ritual is, it sounds really simple, uh, but most people don't do this. So when we, anytime we are operating primarily in our masculine energy, meaning we are doing something, we are doing something to create a result, or we are doing something productive, or we are in the doing space, and we want to transition to a more receptive, um, open, feminine energy, we often can feel like we have to just go right there. Like it's like, okay, I'm doing this, and then I'm going to be this when we're first learning about this concept, at least that's what I felt. It was like, okay, I'm in my masculine and then I'm going to be in my feminine and then I'm going to be back in my masculine and then I'm going to be back in my (laughs) feminine. Right. And actually what we need in order to shift from one to the other or in and out is a transition ritual. We need something that when we are in our masculine energy, let's say if you're working from home or at work, right, you come home 
or you step out of your office space and you're ready to not be thinking about work and not have your mind going a million miles an hour thinking of new ideas and so that you can kind of turn it off, (laughs) turn it off for the time being, Mm -hmm. right? So you can actually relax and recharge, which I find a lot of my clients and a lot of women have trouble doing. It's like, you can't turn it off. You can't turn the ambition and the ideas and the things and the the to-do list and all the things off. And so what I like to suggest is a transition ritual to shift out of your masculine energy and into your feminine energy. And that can be anything that tunes you back into the senses and has you slow down. I like to think of for this, the easiest one is like, turn off the lights, light a candle, meditate, take a bath, um, do something that allows you to just be so that you can start sort of unwinding that whole, the hold of the masculine need for like control and structure and productivity and results and just allow yourself to actually be in your feminine, spacious, beautiful, receptive, loving energy. I love it more. Um, one of my guests, maybe, uh, it's all blending together, like season two or season three with Chris Britton and mm-hmm. she, she takes a bath. She calls it her goddess bath before mm-hmm. she goes downstairs to like be with her, um, now husband, it was fiance mm-hmm. at the time. Um, yes. and yeah, it was such a easy way to like transition from being work, work, work all day. Even if she was working from home, just going to do that to just have that, um, that ritual, that routine. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Even something like changing your outfit can Mm. be a transition ritual, like getting out of the yoga pants and into something flowy and free or getting out of the, you know, blazer and (laughs) whatever you wear to work (laughs) and putting on something more comfortable that allows you to feel free. This is why I'm Um, like itching to get out of my jeans right now. Yes. Right. (laughs) Definitely. Um, even something as simple as, um, like putting on some music and just dancing and just like feeling your body again, Mm. anything that moves you out of your head and into your body is a perfect transition ritual from masculine to feminine. Mm. Cool. So one of the questions I used to ask my guests was very much based around like, I guess, evening routines to de-stress if you've built up any stress throughout the day. But um, I want to pose this completely different for you. What do you do to surrender and receive guidance from your soul in moments that can be perceived as stressful? Mm. I love that question. That's amazing. Okay. What do I do to surrender and receive the guidance of my soul in the moments that can be perceived as stressful? Yeah. Stress is always perception, right? Mm -hmm. Totally. So the first thing that I like to do is move (laughs) in some way. I feel sometimes when we have this sort of like tightness or tension or whatever we're perceiving as stressful, sometimes we just need to like move the energy around because sometimes it's not even ours. Like sometimes it's something we picked up somewhere throughout our day that isn't even real for us. You know what I mean by that? Mm -hmm. Like it's stressful, but it's like not really ours to carry (laughs) the stress of. And so I like to do that. I like to just kind of like, okay, I'm going to get outside and I'm going to move and then I'm going to check in and see how I feel after that. 
Hmm. Like to do something that's sort of like unrelated to it. It's so fascinating that uh, my guests that are used to being in their feminine energy have consistently said movement. (laughs) It makes sense. Because it's about the body. It's about our connection to everything and the wisdom below the neck, basically. Oh my God. For someone that's so heavy in their masculine energy all the time, I thought, uh, and this was a fascinating conversation that I had with um, Betsy Milne, um, was uh, my, what I I have thought was feminine energy routines uh, was really just uh, learning how to be still and be quiet. Like my morning meditation, my journaling, my reading in the morning has felt so delicious. And she's like, no, that's just, you're in your divine masculine. Like you're, yes. you're sitting in your, you're quiet and you're, you're doing, I was like, Oh, <laughs> she, she, she's like, she's like, no feminine energy is all about movement and being in the body. I'm like, Oh, gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both are great. And we do need both, you know, to have a healthy relationship with ourselves overall. Um, But yeah, I think that's the first thing that I do is I just kind of move it around a little bit. And then I love to just get like with my journal or a friend or somebody, whatever works for me at that time to kind of sort it out for myself. Like what's really going on. Sometimes it's just as simple as needing to get it out of your body. And that's also moving energy, um, to get it out of your body through writing or through talking. And a lot of times I think we don't realize as women, how much we need somebody to just hold the bucket for us to like word vomit out (laughs) in our minds, (laughs) because that is so cathartic for us. And we don't do it enough. You know, in our modern world, we we think we have to have it all together and we're afraid to say the wrong thing or we're afraid to offend someone or we're afraid someone can't hold it for us. Um, And so having someone in your life who you know you can call, even if it's your partner, you know, um, who you know, like you have an agreement with ahead of time, like I'm going to need to say things and I just need you to hold the bucket. I don't need you to respond. I just need you to hold the space for me and ask if there's anything else. <laughs> and then when I'm done, I'll feel better. And I will be like, it'll be clear. And that's why I love sisterhood so much, by the way, is and gathering women in sisterhood, because it gives us that space to do that without any attachment to someone else fixing it or solving the problem. And a lot of times when we're talking to someone who's heavy in their masculine energy, whether they're a man or just someone who's really strong in that way, which is amazing, uh, they tend to want to fix the problem mm-hmm. and they're listening for the problem. And maybe we don't even have the problem or we don't know what the problem is or we don't want a solution. We just want to voice it and be mm-hmm. witnessed and heard. And so that's an important part is getting it out, whether it's through talking or writing. Mm, amazing. And yeah. I've, t- I've talked on the last episode about how when I'm in a perceived stressful situation, I have my journaling tactic where I write all of the negative things on one side, um, just to acknowledge that they're there. It's not to diminish them. Um, but to get them out on paper. So they're not running around my brain, creating stories. And then all of the positives and the things that I'm thankful for about the situation on the right-hand side. And I usually go to that first. Um, and my yeah. husband, my husband has made me not do that lately. He's like, you just like continuously cycle. He's like, I need, I need you to say it out loud for me. Um, and I need to just say it 
so that I can understand what stories you're saying. And then we can address whether they're true and whether they're serving you. Um, yeah. So we were, we were joking around last episode that he is basically the most enlightened person I actually know. And he doesn't even, (laughs) he doesn't even realize it. Um, but isn't that always the truth? Like, (laughs) But like our partners can be weirdly our gurus at the same time. They don't have any intention of being that necessarily, but somehow yeah. they are. Yeah. I we felt. just joke around all the time. He's like, babe, <laughs> you can read all of the self-development books in the world, but I'm probably going to know it much better than your books. And like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so funny. But we, but that was cool to understand that like we have our tactics. So whether it's journaling mm-hmm. or talking to um, a person, um, but also what comes to mind is, uh, and I don't talk about it nearly enough on the show is having talk therapy, have a, having a talk therapy person in your life too, who is that third party that listens and doesn't provide solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that can come through like a professional or it could just be an agreement. Like I said, that you have with someone like, mm-hmm. Hey, I just need to share this. And I being clear about the boundary of, I don't want feedback. I just want you to listen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just need to say it out loud so I can hear it outside of my head. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, and then the next thing that I do is usually I get curious about what that challenge or what that stressor or what that thing is actually here to teach me or show me or guide me to. Mm -hmm. So I ask, I get curious with it. I think, you know, I sort of like almost communicate with it (laughs) in a way. It's like, okay, the overwhelm is coming from finances or it's coming from the relationship that I have with a friend or whatever. Okay. What's that really about? And what is that here to show me? What is that here to teach me? Okay. And then from there, once I have that answer, it's like, Oh, okay, great. Then I can surrender to it and I don't have to fight it. I can just say, okay, that's what that's, it's here to teach me something. I can get curious about it. And it is what it is. I can let it go. And then from that place of awareness, then it's like, okay, now what do I, what do I feel called to do about it? And sometimes it's nothing. I just needed to acknowledge it and embrace it and accept it as what it is. And sometimes it's like, oh, okay, here's an opportunity for me to get this system set up or to make this a lot easier for myself. Or maybe I just need to go to yoga and release some of this tension or, maybe I'm feeling guilty because I haven't done this thing in a while for this person that I love. And so let me, let me do that. Um, or maybe it's that I need to be clear about a boundary and communicate something that I'm not communicating. So that's usually my process, Mm -hmm. give or take. Um, I wonder, do you ever find yourself in a trap where you're presented with a problem or a perceived stressor? Um, and you have like a standard, like, oh, this is the lesson I'm supposed to learn. And it's almost like a joke and it kind of gets diminished. So for example, um, you know, difficult people standing in front of you in line at the grocery store and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm being taught patience yet again. Like, do you, (laughs) do you ever find that you just kind of like, like flippantly make a joke about the lesson you're supposed to learn ever? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) It makes it much more fun. And I think sometimes, you know, we get so 
I think as alpha females also, we have a tendency to make things really serious sometimes. Yeah, okay. You know? yeah. And very intellectual and very in our heads about it. And we're trying to find the perfect solution. And sometimes it's like life is just presenting us with an opportunity <laughs> and we can laugh about it. And yeah. it can be fun and silly and playful. And it doesn't have to be so serious all the time. And that's uh, great. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's, and also... Uh, because sometimes we can be so much in our mind and our mind loves problems. When we, mm-hmm. when we see the problems, we're like, Oh, what do we have to solve today? And it's like, it gets so excited. It's like, okay, calm down. There's nothing you need to solve. Just, yeah. just chill out. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, yes. How do you surrender and receive guidance from your soul in terms of business decisions? Hmm. Well, I think the first thing that I tend to ask is what feels what feels best right now or where, what, what feels most alive right now? Because usually in business, there's something that we are making a decision about where one option is sort of more of a should or what we think we are supposed to be doing. And one that's like the soul speaking (laughs) of like, this one feels really exciting and, and fun and like, shiny and yay. And we're so excited about this, but I feel like I can't because I have to do this other thing. So usually it's about how does it feel? And that's how the soul speaks. That's how goddess, God, whatever speaks to us is through how it feels. Mm, Okay. If it feels alive, if it feels like it's adding energy, if it feels enlivening, then that's probably more of a yes if it feels open, it's more of a yes. If it feels closed off and tight and constricted and like, no, and it feels like dead energy or flatlining or like we should be doing it, but it's not what we really want to be doing, then Mm -hmm. it's a no. Interesting. So how have you learned to recognize that? How have you learned to trust your feelings or trust your body when you have those sensations? Mm-hmm. One way is that anytime I've ever tried to do anything, when it hasn't felt that way, it's not gone well. <laughs> so <laughs> trial and error um, is one way. And I think a lot of people can attest to that when you try to force something or when you try to push something that you know goes against what you really want or what you're feeling called to do or what feels better. We tend to feel this forceful push energy and then that's constrictive and it's not a magnetic offering or it's not something that people are that attracted to because we are not feeling it. We're not feeling the enthusiasm behind it. We're actually feeling like, I'm dragging myself to do this. I'm pushing and forcing it. Mm-hmm. And that's not an attractive magnetic energy. Um, So anything that we create from that place of should or from that place of constriction or scarcity or fear or anything like that uh, is sort of imbued and like interlaced with those same qualities. So that's how I think about it. If I'm creating something from a place of like, hell yes, then it's going to feel like a hell yes on the other side because that's the energy I'm creating it with and it won't fall flat. Hmm. What's, um, um, what's a hell yes that is showing up in your life right now? Ooh, uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, definitely 
Oh gosh, you're like putting me on the spot here. I love it. <laughs> I haven't thought about this because I've been so like in my travel mode and yeah. Um, what's feeling like a hell yes in my life or in my business or both? Or yeah, give us both or whatever, okay. whatever comes okay. up first. <laughs> <laughs> what's feeling like a hell yes in my life right now is being outside as much as possible and like redoing my patio and front porch to really feel like I'm able to bring the jungle vibe of Costa Rica back with me <laughs> and just be outdoors and reconnecting with nature as much as possible and sort of reawakening some of my uh, sustainable food systems roots. <laughs> Do you um, garden? I don't. Um, I'm actually like terrible with plants, but I'm really trying. So <laughs> Same, same. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's partially because my house just doesn't get a ton of natural light where we are positioned, yeah. um, which is kind of a bummer, but it's fine. I have one, um, I have one window that has, <laughs> I have managed to keep plants alive in one window and yeah, they're, they're random. It's like, but they're all air purifiers, which I feel like is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like I have a peace lily plant. I have an aloe vera, a spider plant. Um, one of those ones, I think it's called like a snake something. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I have an orchid that has literally rebloomed five times, like new, new shoots. I have no idea what I'm doing right here. (laughs) (laughs) Something, something you're doing right. Um, and then what's feeling like a hell yes in my business right now is I'm actually starting. So my grandfather was a Zen Buddhist and a really like influential person in my life. And he passed away when I was in at the end of my first year of college. And he was really into tea and he left like this whole tea collection for me or whoever. And so I have that and I've been wanting to learn more about tea ceremonies and just more about tea. And I've finally found someone who can teach me that. And I'm starting that course tomorrow. It's like a one-on-one learning about the way of tea. And, um, I'm going to incorporate that probably into my business for retreats and live events and things that I can do tea ceremonies as sort of meditative practice for people. And, um, to, it's sort of like a really incredible experience. Um, it's plant like tea technically is plant medicine, Mm -hmm. which I haven't thought about it that way ever before. Um, except I was, someone said that to me in like January and I was like, Whoa, yeah. (laughs) I never thought of it like that. Um, never put it in that category in that way, but it really is. It's amazing. So I've been sort of dabbling over the past year and now I'm like going full in. So I'm excited about learning all of that. (laughs) That's awesome. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us. Before I ask the last question of the show, do you want to leave the listeners with where's the best place to find you, get in contact with you? Yeah, the best place to find me is Instagram. My handle is at Emily Castle Official. Um, And you can also find me on my website, which is emilycastle.com. And everything is there to get in touch with me or to download a free gift or whatever, whatever you want to do. (laughs) It's all there. Um, So leave us with what is your definition of happiness? Hmm. My definition of happiness is freedom, flow, and fulfillment. 
basically. Ooh. So freedom, meaning that you, that we actually feel liberated from the conditioning and from any kind of outside or in, external or internal forces that try to keep us small or in fear. And flow, meaning that we are able to be in harmony with life and with ourselves and with our work and create and, and with our creative capacity. Um, and also with the cycles and the rhythms that are natural for us as women and fulfillment being like the deep soul fulfillment of what it, what happens when we actually lead the lives and, and the businesses and whatever else make the contribution that our soul is here to create or make. That is so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So after three years of recording the Alpha Female podcast, I did a thing. I created a Patreon page. So over the sabbatical from January to March, I started listening to the Sick Boy podcast. And they have the best way of telling their listeners to go support them on Patreon. And I, re I realized after listening to them that there's no reason why I can't ask for your support. So hosting a podcast, putting a podcast out there can be expensive. If I were to total up all the expenses for the past three years, I would probably gulp looking at the total amount because hosting the podcast on Libsyn and using a podcast editor, those costs add up. So I am kindly asking you if you would support me by pledging to become a Patreon supporter of the Alpha Female Podcast. So you head over to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Alpha Female Podcast, and there's different pledge areas or tiers. So you can pledge as little as $1 a month, as little as $3 a month. I've got a $5 one and a $10 one. So pledging $1 a month gets you access to our Alpha Female Pack Facebook group. If you pledge $3 a month, you'll get access to the Alpha Female Pack, a shout out on the show, and I would love to send you a doTERRA essential oil sample of your choice. So you get to pick from my entire collection what you'd like to try, and I'll send it over to you in the mail. If you pledge over $5 or more a month, I've got some pretty cool um, incentives. So you'll have to go and check out the page. And then especially for the $10, um, just check it out and let me know if those incentives make sense to you. This is my first time doing this, so I'd love to learn from you. If you even have your own Patreon page, let me know what um, type of edits you may want to see, um, and we'll go from there. So let's see how this works. Please support the show. I would very much appreciate it. For the listeners of the Alpha Female Podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. It's the most popular mushroom product on the market, and I've actually been drinking their Shaga tea even before they sponsored the Tim Ferriss podcast. So I figured it was about time I got you guys a beautiful discount so you could snag your own mushroom coffee, tea, or hot cacao mix. 
I'm obsessed with the Shaga mushroom tea. I drink it in the afternoon for a really high dose of antioxidants. And then the hot cacao mix with reishi mushrooms is my favorite for an evening treat if I have a sweet tooth craving. So use the promo code alphafemale at checkout for 10% off and you can shop on their website at foursigmatic.com. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice. Go do it now before changing to the next episode. And just leave me a rating and review. It'll help other alpha females find this podcast and join in on the conversations. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com and join us next week for another inspiring chat. Have a spectacular day.